This podcast episode may contain language and depiction of suicide and eating disorders that some survivors or those in recovery may find upsetting. Please consider your triggers and well-being before listening to this episode. Hi, I'm Kara, and I'm here to change the conversations around mental health and eating disorders, bringing real-life stories of survivors, those in recovery, and my personal journey. It is estimated that one in five adults experience mental health illness. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 34. It is estimated that 8 million Americans have an eating disorder, 7 million women and 1 million men. Only one in 10 people with an eating disorder actually receive treatment. Eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. One person dies as a direct result of their eating disorder every 52 minutes, whether through medical complications or by suicide. This podcast will lead the way for having those hard conversations about mental health and eating disorders. This podcast will also focus on the healing properties of being in nature, which for me, completely changed my life. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Journey Podcast. I started on a journey, a personal journey in 2019 to get to know myself and love myself through nature. I would solo hike, camp, backpack. It was so empowering and I've learned so much about myself through these experiences, just by discovering who I am and how to love that individual. I am so excited to have today's guest. I came across her page on Instagram and immediately read therapy, meditation, and wilderness. I was like, I have to connect with this person. (laughs) Zoe Gillis is a marriage and family therapist who has created therapy wilderness programs and retreats to essentially help individuals heal through nature. So thank you so much for coming on today's episode, Zoe. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. So exciting. (laughs) Um, Zoe, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and why you became a therapist? Oh, where to start? (laughs) I grew up with, so my parents got divorced um, pretty much when I was born, and I grew up with my dad on the East Coast and my mom on the West Coast, and my mom and I fought a lot when I was younger, and this therapist came to my school and gave a talk one day, and she basically led a group uh, session for my class, and she was honest and loving, and I just loved what she was speaking about. And so I chased her down and asked her if I could start doing therapy with her. And she was full and I called her like every week. So I really like pursued um, wanting to start therapy. And then what what age was that? That was when I was 15. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, and and like I said, there was just a lot of fighting going on at home and she actually ran a group. And so I started therapy with her and then I was also in this group and just to be in a community where there was a space for me to talk about what I was going through and have people respond, um, in a really loving way, which I was not used to. Like I was used to getting in trouble all the time and (laughs) being told what I was doing wrong. And so to have kind of this loving reflection of all the ways that I was kind of showing up right was was really powerful for me. Uh, And then, so I did that all through high school and I really thought I wanted to become a therapist, but I was nervous because I didn't want to just because become a therapist because I loved therapy, right? Yes. I was like, oh, I don't know. So um, plus I was 
kind of partying a lot too. And so I um, went to community college for a while and uh, did an outward bound, which is how I started to get into nature. And I did a month long in Costa Rica backpacking. Oh, wow. And uh, it was very transformational. Oh, that's so amazing. It's uh, it's also amazing, like, just from a young age to take the, I guess, the the momentum to go and get yourself into therapy, knowing that you yourself knew that you needed therapy. I had the same thing with my mother, constant fighting. Um, but we always, you know, the biggest thing was, like, she didn't, only she could have depression. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have depression. Um, so I probably needed a therapist probably from, you know, middle school on, but it didn't really happen until in college actually. So yeah, yeah, so that's, I just, I commend you on that. That's, that's super amazing. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think I just had this kind of exploration seeker spirit from a really young age of wanting to know myself and wanting to know how other people worked. And I've always been, I've just loved connecting with people. And so um, I think I was really lucky to find this particular therapist who was very genuine, very real, wasn't kind of there, especially, I mean, I think this is changing, but in the therapy world, there can be this kind of um, very psychodynamic, like blank slate. Um, And she was not that, like she swore (laughs) and just um, was very relatable. And so I think that was very lucky for me. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. I like, I haven't got, I didn't get that until Let's see here. I've had so many therapists, um, but like not until like recently, um, actually when I got out of the eating disorder program, um, both of the therapists I've had since then are, are that super relatable. Yeah. They swear. Yeah. They just, it's, you know, it's fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel totally comfortable with them. So I totally understand. So how did you kind of get the idea to combine nature and therapy together? Like how did that start? Yeah. So well, okay, so I, I did this Outward Bound, and I was still in community college, so I'll just kind of tell you my zigzagging <laughs> journey, and uh, and then I actually, my dad found this program at University of New Hampshire that um, is outdoor education. Okay. And so... I went to that program in New Hampshire, and I showed up as this kind of city girl, like my dad in New York and my mom in LA, and I, everybody was in car hearts, and I was like in my tight embroidered jeans, <laughs> and, um, but I, I loved it, and, and the classes were rock climbing and high angle rescue and winter backpacking, and then it also, I got my wilderness first responder, so, okay. and uh, so there was all these medical classes, and uh, safety, risk management. It, and so it was, it was just this really immersive, amazing program. And I was also missing the more emotional kind of therapeutic component. It was definitely a very kind of male, white male dominated mm-hmm. program. And uh, so... I decided that for my internship, I would do a wilderness therapy program. So I did one in Utah and hated it. (laughs) I I was like, because the philosophy of that program was just not aligned with mine. Uh, The participants were off, they were young teenagers and were often taken in the middle of the night, not 
being told where they were going. And so I worked there for three months. And uh, to me, it just felt like really they were using nature as a as a prison in a way. Um, And so that just did not fit with me. So I was like, okay, I'm out of here. But I still was like, I know that there's so much healing power in nature. And so where can I find this, you know, merger of um, kind of the softer skills of sitting around a fire and processing feelings, but also this, the skills, uh, the hard skills. So I found this program up in Vancouver Island, and it was ran by a First Nations woman and her husband. And so uh, I worked there for two years, and uh, that was wonderful. And the wildlife, if have you ever been? I have to. Oh my gosh, Vancouver <laughs> Island is beautiful. I, I have heard. <laughs> oh, so beautiful. So, um, so. After that, I I was like, okay, I really, I, I want to pursue getting my degree in psychology. Um, and so I went and did that. And then I now have a private practice. Okay. And so finally coming back around to your question <laughs> and hopefully answering it here, I really wanted to have a way, like, I I love working with people individually, but to me, really, the power is in being in community. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest thing for me. And then I love nature. And so I just love that mode of then, okay, how can we be in community in nature? Um, And so I started Wild Minds and and it's kind of gone from there. It's so awesome. So beautiful. I am like, I'm in awe of you just because that's like always something I've always wanted to do. And it's just, uh, yeah. Cause like, I think that's like the perfect combination mm. is like nature and therapy is just ugh, perfect. Um, where did that, where did the, uh, wild minds retreats, where did that come from? You just came up with it or wild minds, the name. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's, basically wilderness and mindfulness. And so I was like, oh, wild minds. And uh, I had gone through a couple different names and find naming things very difficult, actually. <laughs> you, did so, good, you did good. You did good. Oh, thank you. Eventually, I was like, I, I went through a couple different iterations of different things. I had mindful wonders and sea adventures and um, different things. And then finally, I landed on wild minds and I just surrendered to going, okay, this is this is what it is. And um, But I do like the fact that there's the wilderness component and the mindfulness component. So Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so can you kind of describe what you do on your retreats like what the process is and what you guys I know a lot of them are backpacking and that kind of thing um can you kind of explain that yeah absolutely so there are backpacking retreats and then I also offer nature retreats and so the backpacking retreats are really about adventure and challenging yourself and for both the nature retreats and the backpacking retreats they're immersive programs. And so there really is this, like I said, the community aspect is super important to me. And so we have group calls leading up to the trips and then also after the trips to help integrate anything that was learned or any of the experience that was had on the trip. And so, uh, so there's this preparation and setting intentions. And I do a one-on-one call with everybody, uh, really just getting clear on what is this 
experience going to be for you and what do you want it to be and also what questions are alive in your life right now like maybe you're going through a really big transition or um wanting to I know for me something that I've been questioning a lot lately is this idea of risk and Mm -hmm. and when is something worth a risk and um so but coming back to the, to the, I, I could go off and there, but I'm going to come back to the backpacking retreats. So, so that's, that's a huge part of it is setting the intentions. And then we head out generally, they're about four days to six days. So oftentimes they're week long backpacking trips and the, we do meditation and journaling and hiking and we do counsel around the fire at night. And, uh, and then on the nature retreats, those components, the journaling, the meditation and the counsel are kind of extended. And so the nature retreats are much more luxurious. It's, it's almost, I, I set up, uh, there's chairs and it's almost like glamping except you're still in a uh, your own tent, tent. so, okay. so I, I don't know if I can quite call it glamping <laughs> but it's luxurious camping <laughs> and yes. we have all the cooking and and stoves and and we spend actually a couple hours around the fire at night just doing council and talking and that's often people's favorite part of the nature retreats um yeah do you just go into a different campgrounds or yeah I'm always looking for new spots uh but the one that I did in January was in Joshua Tree and so that was so fun because the there's so many boulders that you can climb and so uh, yeah and because (laughs) we're not doing the backpacking there's all this spaciousness so during the day there's free times to kind of go climb rocks or take a nap or go for a stroll um so so those are really kind of like more spacious and then on the backpacking trips uh, a lot of them have been at uh Sespe in Ojai Mm -hmm. Sespe River and so uh And what's so cool is that, so last year I did two, I did one in the spring and one in the fall. And it's so interesting how each trip is so different, just even one based on the season and the the way the (laughs) landscape is so different. Like the river was fully running in the spring and then in the fall, there was very little water. Yeah. Mm. And then also the group makes it so, so (laughs) it's, it's so cool because even though I've been going back to that spot every experience feels really different. And then I just also went and scouted uh, the superstition wilderness in Arizona, which was beautiful. So how many people do you usually bring on in, in those retreats? So I've kind of been playing between six people or eight people max. So they're very small groups and that is one because we're going out into the wilderness and so for me that just feels like a good size in order to manage risk and then also because the focus of these retreats are really on this kind of personal exploration development aspect I want there to be space for that and space for everybody to to really um, connect with each other and um, be supportive of each other and Mm -hmm have time to to be with me and, and talk and all of that. So I keep the groups pretty small. Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, I told you, you have a lot of like people that 
want to keep coming back and going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so cool because I had someone who went on the spring backpacking retreat and then uh, they showed up to the January nature retreat nice. and it was so cool to have that connection and um, yeah. And, and then some of the people who come on the retreats, we, I, I also do um, longer group programs, but really those are um for people who have kind of been through the retreats and been on the major retreats. So, yeah. So, but, but so it it is cool. It does start to build a community and and people come back and do different stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, So I remember, I think it was last January or February that I was uh, thinking about going on your backpacking retreats. Um, And we had a discovery call uh, and I was super scared because of my fibromyalgia. And I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to keep up with these people. I'm going to be like way back. I was like, you know, can you break down kind of your, I guess you made me feel very comfortable that I was going to be okay. Good. <laughs> um, but anybody that's kind of afraid to join because of their physical ailments kind of explain that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will also say that probably almost every single person that I get on a discovery call with has the fear that they're going to hold the group back. That is like one of the most common uh, fears. And so I think one, to me, it is not about the destination, but about the journey. (laughs) Uh, I mean, so is life and, but especially on the trips. And so uh, and because it's about practicing mindfulness and presence there for me, it's really, if, if somebody is a really fast hiker, then there's a lot of value in learning how to slow down mm. and take in the scenery in a different way. And so I think there's a lot of lessons to be gained in that. And then for somebody who's a really a slower hiker, Um, the value in learning how to let go of that expectation and that need and, and to really connect to a sense of belonging to go, Oh, it's okay for me to go slower for me to ask for what I need. And, and how can I do that and still stay connected to the group and still know that I belong here Mm -hmm. and that this is, um, this is actually really important work to do, to be able to, um, have that fear come up and work through it. Um, so, and then with the physical, because I know you said you have fibromyalgia and there is also this discernment of, of, of knowing, okay. And I don't think that there's ever going to be one answer to this, (laughs) but physically going, can I do this? Because it is hard and there, it it is very demanding on, on the body Mm -hmm. to be carrying a 35 to 45 pound pack and going uphill and downhill and uphill and downhill. And so, uh, really having a relationship with your body. and, And that's something that I can help with, with on discovery calls and figuring out. Um, but it is physically challenging. And, and so it's this balance of going, and like I said, this is a question that I've kind of been playing with too, is, okay, so wanting to take care of your body and wanting to listen to your body, but then also knowing that like we all can probably do more than we think we can. So this 
the importance of pushing ourselves and, and leaning into discomfort. And then also the importance of being able to listen to when, um, actually discomfort is a signal that we need to stop and take care of ourselves. So uh, that's it's That just reminded me yesterday. I went on a hike, um, up by in Burbank and it was pretty much uphill the entire way. And I, Always have to stop multiple times. Um, I always feel like people are like, why is she stopping so much? And I'm like, I have to. Like, I yeah. just have to take, like, a breather and just, like, listen to my body and be like, okay, I got to take a break here. You know, just let myself recoup. Um, and it was only supposed to be, like, a 1.5-mile hike yesterday. It ended up being 3.5 that I went on. Mm-hmm. Um, and not intentional at all. But I did that thing where I, like, I... You know, I, I pushed through knowing that my body could take it. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I was kind of like at the point where I'm like, well, I'm all the way at the top of a mountain. I can't, can't really <laughs> There's do no anything. I got no options for it. I have to get down from here. Um, and just, I think that's like the biggest thing is just like at the end of it, I was like, okay, my body is really tired. I yeah. know I'm going to have to go home and take a nap. Yes. Um, but just the thought that I knew that I was just grateful that... I could push myself yeah. to that limit, not knowing that I could do it. Yeah. Um, and so it just, it more surprised me than anything, yeah. which was amazing. How did you feel afterwards? What I always feel great. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, everybody always asked me that, like when I would go on like solo camping and backpacking trips, like when I come back, people are like, who is this Kara? Yeah. yeah. Cause you're just like, it's yeah. I, I was telling you, I just got back from this solo uh trip and it was so incredible and it completely it felt like a scrub down for my soul like I I actually also did do in the river I did a whole hand exfoliating thing before I um I have this whole I'm really big on my nighttime routine when I'm backpacking it's like my favorite it's like this self-care nature spa so I go and I like I, I wash my hands really well in the river and scrub them down and then floss under the stars and do my brush my hair all this stuff but in coming back to the challenge, you know, when do we listen to our bodies or not? And I think it brings to mind a couple different things. One, I was starting to kind of get some hot spots or blisters on my heels. And part of me just wanted to keep going because I was towards the end of the day. And I was like, oh, I just want to get to my campsite. But to me, that's a discomfort where I was like, mm. no, actually stopping, taking the time to put some band-aids on and, and, not trying to just push through to get to the end is really important here. But there are times where my knees hurt mm-hmm. and there's not really anything I can do in that moment. And what's wild to me is to watch how the pain changes. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, and and what my mind does with it, uh, like, worrying that it's going to be like that the entire time or worrying that it means something about my ability to hike later and just like the what and so that I find actually continuing on and just kind of seeing what I need because there's not a lot of other options (laughs) (laughs) that that's a really good place to kind of look at my mindset as opposed to um, necessarily doing something in the moment so yeah oh that's 
Awesome. I'm just geeking out right now. <laughs> so I was looking at your Instagram um, and you posted this recently. Um, it just really resonated with me. Um, you put a quote out, but learning how to enjoy your own company is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. Mm -hmm. um, everything about that is so true. And it's why I started my journey in nature, because that's my biggest fear is getting to know myself and loving myself. Um, so can you talk about that? Yes. I mean, whether it's been through individual therapy, group therapy, meditation, that has been what has come out of all of those things. The, the biggest benefit and the biggest thing that has changed my life is learning how to have a relationship with myself that's supportive and caring. And that includes, and actually most importantly, learning how to be really kind to myself even when there are things that I don't like about myself or like in the in the difficulty in the in the sh can I swear <laughs> shit yes <laughs> um and so and I've taken mindful self-compassion classes and and those have been really helpful but this yeah this journey of learning how how to be how to be my own best friend. And, and I think that also includes being really truthful with myself and, and also something that's been more recent is learning how to be able to depend on myself. Mm. So keeping my word, like, and, and that's something that the more I do it, the easier it becomes and the more confident I feel. I'm like, oh yeah, I can trust that if I say I'm going to do something for myself, I'll do it. Um, and, and I also was thinking about the people who have been the mentors in my life and, and my friends who I have had for a long period of time. One of the things that I so value about them is their capacity to, when I'm going through a really hard time, be honest, but be honest with care. And, and that is what attracted me to my therapist when I was 15, was I was like, she is speaking some truth right now about like being real, but doing it in a way that's loving. And, and, um, and so, yeah, that is, I think if, if there's anything to focus on life, it's, it's how to be more kind to ourselves. And cause I really do believe that then ripples outward. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh, that's, yeah, that's so beautiful. <laughs> um, so you also kind of talk about like your idea of hiking and journaling and kind of like to shift your perspective mm -hmm. through nature. Can you kind of uh, talk about that? Yeah. Well, just going into nature for me shifts my perspective. Me too. <laughs> and there's all this research now that's coming out on the effects that it can have on the brain and how it helps us focus better and problem solve. And that in particular, there's a, uh, something that happens after 72 hours. So the three day effect of being okay. in nature. Um, but I think we all have access in different ways. And so even for me going outside and looking up at the sky and not looking at anything man-made begins to kind of widen my perspective and let my brain relax a little bit from all the overstimulation that can happen in our day-to-day -day mm -hmm. lives. And so there's that. And then journaling, I 
I'm, I'm getting more into writing recently, actually. But in the past, I, I journaled a little bit here and there and also collage. But okay. I think that um, on the retreats, I really bring in journaling because I think there's something about that slowing down when you're handwriting and, and also that the first response is often kind of our all the things that we've taken in from society and our parents and what we think we should say. And so I think the act of then continuing to write past that is super valuable. And, and I, I love doing that in nature because of the whole being able to look up and, and take in the natural world. Um, so I think they're super powerful together. Oh, that's awesome. I just, you just bring that up. That just made me think like even on the drive over here today, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's LA. All you see is like buildings and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not from here. So I love mountains. Like when I see every single day that I live here, I'm like, oh my God, I live, there's mountains right there. There's a beach. It's just desert, you know, like I could, I could be in any of those yes. in like an hour. Um, and just on the way over here, seeing this, all the snow-capped mountains. Yeah. The Angeles <sighs> forest is right there. We're almost at the base of Altadena mm-hmm. and there's these giant, the, uh, mountains that are really cool and and yeah there's snow on them right yeah now, which is I was so like fun. I was like this is amazing and just just even in that just focusing on that yes. over here like it's just I'm just like man I am so blessed to live here yeah yeah <laughs> like I just I I will never stop you know because so many people ask me like why do you live in LA you know and I'm just like there's so much to do here but also I am so cro- like so close proximity to so many national parks, state parks. And like I said, in an hour I could be on the beach. In an hour I could be in the snow in the mountains. Yes. In an hour I could be in the desert. Yeah. You know, and there's just so many different climates and I just, yeah. And, and to me also so many cool different people. And I yes. know LA gets a bad rap, but mm-hmm. there's so many people who are creative and out adventurous and uh, so I, I agree with you. I think LA is very cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh yeah. Met so many amazing people. Um, so kind of, as we start wrapping up, um, I'd like to ask you if there's anything else you'd like our listeners to know. Hmm. Well, I think especially since this is the journey, uh, podcast, just really that invitation to enjoy the journey. I feel like that was kind of a through line of even our conversation today and like the journey of getting to know yourself, the journey of exploring a new place, the journey of being a beginner, which can be so hard. I hate being a beginner, (laughs) but but it's also, it's so valuable to go through that. And, um, And then I guess the other thing is that I really do love connecting with people. And so if there's anything that I shared or talked about that people have questions uh, to please reach out to me because I love building relationships. I I love having conversations about mental health and nature (laughs) and I don't know, all the things, all the things. And I, uh, the place that I'm the most engaged is on my email list. So I read all of my replies and, and, um, and that's one of the ways we connected. And so, so yeah, so I just, um, you know, if, if you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear them. So how can they reach out to you for more information? Where can they find you? So the 
Best place to find me probably is on Instagram, and my handle is Wild Minds Retreats. And you can also find my website, wildmindsretreats.com. And on both of those places, there should be a place to sign up for my email list. Which I highly recommend. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, I'm, I, like I said, I'm getting more into writing lately. And so, um, I'm actually taking a class and and, yeah, figuring out how to kind of be a better storyteller. Um, I've always been a much more experiential and feeling based person. And so it's harder (laughs) for me to articulate my thoughts, but that's been a really fun challenge and practice and and it's just it's so cool getting to kind of build a community in that way and and have that back and forth with people so awesome you can find me where's your uh where do you think your next retreat's gonna be so the spring one is uh 2023 is gonna be in ojai again yeah and uh i was looking at the superstition (laughs) wilderness but it's going to be too hot in April, mm, and so it yep. will be next year. I'm going to do a backpacking retreat in the Superstition Wilderness in January or awesome. February. Um, but the, the April one will be, I forget the exact dates, but it's basically the week of the 17th, okay. that week. Um, and it's hopefully we'll make it to the hot springs, but it's about the journey, yes. not the destination. <laughs> and so it's... Um, right outside of Ojai. It's kind of this beautiful desert, mountainous area. And because it's in the spring, the river will be flowing Uh, and we can go jumping in the river and and the night sky is going to be incredible. So, uh, yeah, definitely. I feel like there's going to be like a million flowers this year. Yes. The flowers will be incredible. It's it's going to be a great, great time. That's awesome. Zoe, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. I'm so excited to be able to join one of your next retreats. I can't wait. Um, And I can't wait to learn more about your programs. The Journey Podcast is brought to you by Dr. April's Hollywood Mobile Vet, Craft 9 Hair Design, and a list of community backers, which you will see in the show notes. This podcast is produced and edited by Mejia TV and can be found on all major podcast platforms. You can support this podcast by liking this episode and subscribing to it. You can also support me by rating this podcast and following me on social media at The Journey Podcast CY. Also, join me every week for a hike around the Los Angeles area. For more information on this episode, visit www thejourneypodcastcy.com. Thank you for listening and supporting The Journey Podcast.